Well, Father, we just opened up a Bible. It's the most dangerous book on earth. Because when we open up the Bible, we're opening up our hearts. And we pray that our hearts are open to receive that message that's coming out of your word so that our lives might be transformed. Change my life first. And then, Lord, change all of our lives together as we open up your word today and learn from it. In Jesus' name we pray and all of God's people said, Amen. Okay, now you know when you said Amen, what you just did, you just said, okay, God, change me. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about changes. Where are we headed? Now, open it up to John chapter 17. John chapter 17. Have that open. The other thing I want you to do is that you were given in your bulletins today a half sheet. Take that half sheet out and stick it right there in John 17. Have it available because we're going to be using both the Bible and that half sheet of paper today as we walk through the message. You might want to grab a pen and have it ready to go. About a month ago, my family went down to Florida. And we were getting ready to go on this trip down to Florida and having four kids that are very inquisitive, we were being bombarded with questions, not only before we left, but every single day of the trip. They said, okay, where are we going? And we opened up a, you know, a map and atlas and we began to look and we're like, okay, here's where we are and we're going down here. They're like, okay, what road are we going to take? Well, we're going to take 75. Okay, now where are we spending the night tonight? Well, I don't know. I think maybe down in Tennessee somewhere. If we make it and if the car runs well and everything. Okay, then where are we going the next night? Then where are we going the next night? And when four kids are asking these questions and pretty soon as the week was going on, I said, I don't know. I don't know. Go for the journey. And it's hard. you know. And I learned a lot that it's hard for people to go for the journey without knowing. And so we went to Disney World and we're getting ready to go. You know, we got up that morning and and we're going to Epcot, and the kids are like, okay, what are we going to see at Epcot? I said, I've never been there. Do you think that mattered? <laughs> it didn't matter at all. They were just like, well, what are we going to do there? I don't know. And we get in the park, and we open up a map, and they said, what are we going to see first? I don't know. <laughs> and it's amazing how many times in a week I had to say, I don't know. Well, today, I don't want you to be out of the know. I want you to know what's going on. For the past year, we've been meeting with with a lot of you and meeting with leaders and the board and the elders and the staff have been getting together to try to answer some questions like, where are we going? I mean, where is Messiah going? What is our mission? What is our purpose? Because just like you don't want to get on a train and have no clue where you're going, because if you don't know where you're going, how do you know when you got there? And you don't know. And what I don't want you to, to be without is an answer when you talk about being a part of this faith family that you can answer, I know what I believe, I know where the church is going, and I've made a decision that I want to be a part of this. See, what we're doing, if you will, this is the picture that God gave me. It's kind of like we're sitting on a train platform right now. And everybody's, everybody's on the train platform. And Messiah is like the train. And I'm making an invitation to you saying, do you want to go where Messiah is going? Where God is leading Messiah to go to? And it's not that I'm taking us there. This is God has revealed to us. This is where I want you to go. This is what I want you to accomplish. And get on the train if you want to make the journey. And so, in essence, what I'm asking you to do 
is I'm going to ask you, do you want to make this journey? And if you want to make this journey, then get on the train. And if you get on the train, then say, I buy into where we're going. Now, I also know that some of you, maybe today, are going to make a decision and say, you know what, Ed? I don't think God's calling me to get on that train. That's okay. But don't get on the train and hit the brakes. Okay? Do you, I think we're understanding. So what we're going to do today is we're going to walk through where is God leading us? What is our mission? And I want you to know. Okay, open up your Bibles. We're going to start there because it's all about Jesus. Everything that we do is all about Jesus. Verse 17, or chapter 17, let me set the stage here. This was the prayer that Jesus prayed to his disciples. And he prayed on behalf, or not, he prayed to his father, but he prayed for his disciples. And you might want to go home this week and read John 14, 15, 16, and reread 17, because for the next two weeks, we're going to be unpacking chapter 17. This will give you a good background and a good understanding so that you know what we're doing here. All right, John chapter 17, verse 1. After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and he prayed, Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give, help me out here, eternal life to all those you have given him. Okay, just pause there. Now, you've been hearing about our mission statement, and I want to unpack it for you. Take this half sheet out. Here's our mission. Reaching, help me out here, one more life with Jesus. Now, it's interesting when we share that with folks along the way, reaching one more life with Jesus. This is what I've heard by so many people. They'd say, so let me get this right. You really don't care about the faith family. You just care about those that we're reaching, right? I want to set the record straight. No. Because this mission statement is about reaching. It's about reaching to the person next to you. It's about you reaching out to me. It's about me reaching out to you. It's about us reaching out to each other. Reaching means we're just looking at the person next to us first and reaching out to them. Here's what I want you to do. Turn to the, next pers- turn to the person next to you and say, even you can be reached. Do it now. I know some of you have your doubts. But understand, reaching starts with us. It's not everybody out there. It starts right here in the faith family. Now I want to unload what this means, this reaching one more life with Jesus. Just bear with me for a few moments. Reaching. That word reaching is never-ending. Reaching. It's on purpose that it's that way. Now here's what I want you to think about. Here's the image that God gave me with reaching. It's kind of like if you, if you can picture yourself in a tree, if you like to climb trees, you're up on the tree, now you're hugging the trunk, and you want a piece of fruit off that tree. Where are you going to get it? Is it hanging out by the trunk? No, you've got to reach for it, right? 
Now, you're reaching out, so you're going out on a limb, and you're reaching, and you're going out, and you're reaching, and you're extending to get a piece of fruit. Now, it's no different in the kingdom of God that because society is changing, those branches just keep going further. So the further the branch goes out, what do we have to do? We've got to go further. We've got to reach further. And it's hard to do. I've had somebody ask me, why is Messiah always changing? And it's simple. Because the fruit keeps doing what? Getting further. And I've shared to the elders, this is the most dangerous mission statement of all. Because you'll never stop reaching further. Because lives are getting very complicated. People are finding themselves in all different places, in all different circumstances, in all different situations, getting harder to reach than ever before. I mean, how many people signed up for do not call, so you can't even call them on the telephone. You know, they don't want people reaching them on their cell phones. They don't look at junk mail. They throw the junk mail out. People are getting harder and harder and harder. How do we reach? How do we reach each other even in this? But this is, this is the fact. We're never, ever, ever going to stop reaching further. Why? Because you're there. And that's why it's reaching how many? Thousands? What's the mission statement say? One. Because guess what? We're going to start with you. You're there. And you're the one that we care about the most. Because you're there. And God knows where you are. And God's not calling pastor or elders or leaders. God's calling you to reach the person next to you. God doesn't call the staff to reach the congregation. God calls us to reach each other. You understand that? You're in this. I mean, when you sign up for this, you're in. So we're going to reach it. We're reaching one. Because every life is important. When God said in John 3.16, For God so loved the world, you could take the world out and you could put your name in it. For God so loved... Say your name. See, God loved you so much that He sent Jesus just for you. If you were the only person on this planet who would have been saved and, and everyone else would have rejected Jesus, I'm convinced Jesus would have made the journey. He would have made that journey from heaven to earth just to save you. That's how much God loves you. And if God loves you that much, then we need to love each other that much. So reaching one more life. Now, here's this with part, with Jesus. We don't do anything for Jesus. See, you and I can't get to heaven someday and say, well, hey, I reached so-and-so for you. You owe me. You can't do that. Because let me tell you something. God loves you more than you could ever imagine. And you may not even be a believer sitting here today. God loves you more than you could ever imagine. And we partner with God. We don't do things for God. We do them with God. Everything we do, we're partnering with God. God's already gone before us. And we partner with God. So if you get nothing else from this message, I want you to really take to heart that where we're going is we're going to forever be reaching, say it with me, reaching one more life with Jesus. Now what does that mean? Okay, there's three bullet points. And these three are really important. 
And on a side note, the reason why these three bullet points are so important is they will drive and they are driving everything that we're doing. The first one is to have eternal life. In the, in the margin next to that, I want you to write event. It's a one-time event. You and I get saved once in our lifetime. We don't get saved and then resaved and then resaved and then resaved. You get saved once. Now you may drift away and God may call you back home, but God's been with you all along. But you get saved once. Can I ask you a question? Do you know if you're saved or not? Now there's all kinds of terms for that. Jesus said to Nicodemus, unless you're born again, you'll never see the kingdom of heaven. So born again, saved, believing in Jesus, trusting in Jesus, committing your life to Jesus, all of those terminologies, all the same for the fact of you were an unbeliever and God grabbed your heart and you crossed that line, God did it, and now you're on the other side of the line and you're a believer. God has to do that work. We can only help bring someone up to that line, but then God has to bring them over that line. And let me ask you a question. Are you over that line? Can you think back in your life to a time that God grabbed you and it's yours? For Aiden, it started, and I want to be specific, it started at his baptism. For most of us, it might have started at the same place. And when I was growing up, I grew up in the church. Did I really grab it? No. I was confirmed. Was it real? No, not yet. Went through high school. Wasn't real. It wasn't until for me, I was in college, that I had this really bad experience doing a devotion. Isn't that ironic? I'm doing a devotion, you know, for kids in a church. And these kids ask me this question. Are you even a Christian? Well, yeah, I, I think so. Are you sure? And you know what? I swallowed hard and I realized I wasn't sure. These kids really knew Christ. They were saved. I went back to my dorm. I got on my knees and I said, God, I don't know you. And I opened up my Bible and I began to read it. And I had this prayer every day. I want to know you. I want to know you. And in the course of that, God grabbed my heart and changed my heart so much. That's why I'm in the ministry today. I said, you know what? If you can change my heart, then use me to change others' hearts. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Can I ask you a question? Are you saved? Because if you don't know, get it straight with God. God made it very simple he said, for God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. Paul said it this way, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. 
So when we talk about reaching, it starts right here. Are you saved? Do you know why we bring roses up every week? I hope you never get tired of roses. Because we put the roses here so that when a heart is grabbed by God, that they respond. You might have already done it. Then I hope every time that somebody comes up, just offer prayer up and say, thank you, Jesus. Because you know, in Acts, this is what God said, God was adding to their number daily those who were being saved. And that's what I pray for us as a faith family. That God continues to add to His kingdom those who are being saved. And so if God's grabbing your heart today, take one of those roses, put it on the altar, because God says, cross you, cross that line. All right, let's go on. The second one is that they know God personally. This is for all of us. Do you know what the hardest thing is about moving? Moving from, say, Illinois to Michigan? I can speak personally about this one. you got to start over. I didn't know any of you. I didn't know your names. I didn't know anything. And you didn't know me. And a lot of you still don't know me, and I still don't know you. And I'm getting to know some people. But you know what has been the hardest thing about this year? Is it takes time to really know people. I wish I could just snap my fingers and know everybody, but I can't. And it takes time and it takes years to know people. It took you years, if you're married, to get to know your spouse. It takes you years to get to know your kids. It takes you years to get to know friends. It takes time, doesn't it? Well, do you know what? Let me ask you this question. Are you taking the time to get to know Jesus? You see, it doesn't just happen. Now, you're going to hear me say this so many times you're going to get tired of it. I want to encourage you to take ownership of your own faith. It's not up to me or my teaching to grow you in your relationship with Jesus. It's your responsibility. Don't delegate it to me. Don't delegate it to the church. Don't delegate it to your parents. It's yours. It's up to you to open up your Bible daily and get to know Jesus. And if you don't have a close walk in Jesus, don't throw a stone at the church. Look in the mirror and say, hmm, am I growing in my relationship with Jesus? At the confirmation meeting today, I'm going to share one of the most staggering things. And I want you to take it to heart. Do you know the number one reason why kids are leaving the church today? Do you know why? Hypocrisy. Not of the church. Hypocrisy among their family. That they say, yep, I'm saved. But are they really walking with Jesus? Are you really walking with Jesus? And kids are watching their parents say, I believe it. But is it following in their actions? See, it's up to you and I to know Jesus personally. 
Now, here's why I say that. Look at John 17, okay? Verse 3. Now, this is eternal life. Here it is. That they may know You. The only true God and Jesus Christ whom You have sent. Do you realize that's eternal life? It's when you know Him. It's when you're growing in Him. Do you know the difference between all the religions in the world and Christianity? Religions around the world are, are looking for God. And I can account for that. I can attest to this. When I lived in Korea, I watched everybody looking and trying to find a God to believe in. I watched in Guatemala the Cachical Indians who were a tribe of the Mayan Indians. I watched them seeking and looking for a God to believe in. I watch atheists who say, you know what? I don't believe there is a God. It's just all about me. I'll be my own God. I'll make my own decisions for me. But the difference between every religion and Christianity is that Christianity is where God came down to this earth and made a relationship with us. God got to know His disciples. God got to know a lot of people. Jesus knew them, died for them, rose up three days later. It was all about a relationship. Religions are seeking God. Christianity is a relationship. Are you growing in your relationship with Jesus? And if not, friends, you got to look in the mirror. Because it's up to you and I to take ownership of our own faith. Okay, lastly. Glorify God by how they live. That's what it means. Reaching one more life with Jesus is glorifying God. Look down at verse, first verse 1 where Jesus prayed. Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son that your Son may glorify you. Now jump down to verse 4. I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. Do you know what it means to glory, glorify God? Praise is what we just did a few moments ago. Praise is when we open our mouth up and we sing praises to God and thanksgiving to God and we offer up our worship and praise using our mouth. Glorify is very different. We glorify God through our actions. And it's about when we live it, that brings glory to God. Do you know how a tree brings glory to God? And a tree really does bring glory to God. When it's a tree. And it produces the fruit that God said for it to produce. When a tree does what God wants it to do, it's glorifying God. You and I glorify God by the way we live. Now, let me tell you about a shift that's going on in society. And you see this. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. You know, as a pastor, we get to uh, deal with a lot of people, a lot of couples. If you want to get married, we meet with you. Do you know over 95% of the people that we marry today are living together or sleeping together or both? And that doesn't even account for the people that chose not to get married, but are just living together with somebody. And then they split up with that person and they, they go with someone else. And then they go with someone else. And there's been a radical shift going on in terms of relationships. Now, whenever I meet with a couple before they get married and they say, yeah, we're, you know, it's amazing how people don't think twice about telling me, yep, we're living together. 
I say, I got a question for you. Say, are you saved? Can I just ask you simply, are you saved? And sometimes we get into discussions because one of them may not be saved. See, if they're not saved, then why not? Okay, number two. Then I ask them this. If they say, yep, we're saved. I say, all right. Do you love Jesus? I mean, do you really, are you learning to love him? And if they say, yep, we do. We love Jesus. Okay, good. Then I got to ask the third question. And I say it like this. Okay, I got a really stupid question for you. If you know you're saved and you love Jesus, why are you living together? And you know, that opens up a lot of discussion. Because with their life, they're not glorifying God. But they're saved and they love Jesus, but by their life, they're not. That's not bringing glory to God. Now, let me expound on this a little. Do you lie? You may be a believer and you love Jesus and you're lying. Is that glorifying God? Do you swear a lot? Do you take God's name in vain? You may be a believer and you love Jesus, but you're not glorifying God. Are you watching and looking at pornography, guys? That's not glorifying God. Are you cheating on your spouse? That's not glorifying God. Are you getting drunk? That's not glorifying God. See, let me clarify something. Oftentimes people look at Christians and what they do is they think that Christianity is rules. You have to do this or you don't. Better not do this. No, it's not. Christianity is about do you believe in Jesus? And you know him personally. But the challenge and the right the word I would write in on this is action. Are you living your faith? Can people just by your action know that you believe in Jesus? You love Jesus, which is ongoing, that's the word next to that. It's ongoing, it never ends. But your actions are bringing glory to God. Are you there, friends? Now look at what Jesus said. Verse 4. I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. What brought God glory when Jesus did what he was called to do? Okay, where are we going? Let's go back to this train analogy. Where are we going? We want to reach and continue to reach one more life with Jesus, starting with you. But you know why it's reaching each other first? See, I can't do this alone. I gave the elders permission to ask me every hard question. They did, a couple weeks ago. They nailed me. And they were asking me all those glory, glorifying God stuff. How's your marriage? How you doing with your kids? How's your finances? How's your attitude? How's your heart? Because what they're wondering is that is there consistency in my life and how I'm living my life? And you know what? I'll be honest with you. I can't do it without people asking those questions. 
And that's why we need each other. It's reaching here first. And we need each other because we're all going to drift. And we need each other to reach, reach out to us and bring us back and be close to God. Okay, there's one more thing I want you to walk away with. You're going to hear this a lot. It's the Home Depot theme. You can do it. We can help. I like Home Depot. All right. I want you to take that to heart. You can do it. God can save you. You can grow in that relationship with God and glorify God. You can do it. We can help. Now, I want you to do one more thing before we end. Turn to the person next to you and say, you can do it. Okay, let's pray. Father, we can't do it without you. Because it's all about you, Jesus. We can't, but you can. With you, all things are possible. We know that you love us, Jesus. That's why you gave up your life. And we pray that we would take this to heart. Reaching one more life with Jesus starts with the person next to us. It starts with us. It starts with our families. Start with us, God. Help us to take ownership for our faith. That in everything we do, every word out of our mouth, every action we live, that we would bring glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray and all of God's people.